HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer, and this is our 329th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talent in the hospitality industry. Today, I have another on-the-road special. This time, it is from the 2022 Food and Wine Classic in Aspen, which took place from June 17th to 19th. Before we get into it, first as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip and then later I will have my solo dining experience. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to engage, get active, connect with people, put yourself out there and participate. Go to events, be social. When we engage, we have the potential to learn, grow, and excel, and build new relationships that can influence our careers and lives, often for the better. So let's remember to get involved and see what unfolds for us. That's my tip today. Okay, as I mentioned, this show is all about the 2022 Food and Wine Classic in Aspen, which took place from June 17th to 19th, 2022. And yes, in the beautiful mountain setting of Aspen, Colorado. This three-day culinary weekend was the 39th annual event showcasing game-changing culinary leaders, innovative wine and spirits experts, and Epicurean insiders. And it was a sold-out event weekend. So this was my eighth year attending and my third year covering it on this show. And it was really so good to be back. It's one of my favorite events and Aspen is 
undoubtedly one of my happy places. So if you recall back in 2019, on episode 215, I had on Dila Allen. She's the executive director of event marketing for Food and Wine. And she was back this year, again, leading the event weekend. And also back was my guest on episode 82, Devin Paget of Dev Inc., who's the engineer behind the festival. And he also does the South Beach Wine and Food Festival and the New York City Wine and Food Festival. And they have been running this Aspen event as a team, leading the team with Food and Wine Magazine for a long time. And um, it was great to see them. And um, as usual, it was a very busy few days and it was coming right off the heels of the Beard Awards in Chicago. So I went directly from Chicago to Aspen, as did several other people in the industry. And the event weekend in Aspen, it kicked off pretty much on Thursday evening with a lovely alfresco opening reception at the Jerome Hotel. And there I caught up with many industry friends who I hadn't seen actually since the pandemic. So that was great. At this event, I met Top Chef Season 19 winner, Buddha Lowe, and a few other people. And then my weekend also, then it closed out at the Anuachi Hour, which was hosted by Kwame Anuachi. And he was my guest in episode 246. And he had some special guests and performances. And that was at Belly Up on Saturday night. And then I headed out on Sunday. So in between, there was... Of course, the grand tasting tent where, or tents, I should say, where all the action really is at. It's kind of the the hub of the festival. Um, I also went to the restaurant trade panels, which is usually where I spend my time. And a lot of my interviews came directly after the trade panels from different panelists. Uh, I also went to the top of Aspen Mountain party, which was called Down Under, Up Top, and uh, they were featuring A Taste of Australia this year, and that's always awesome because you get to take the gondola up, and it's it's special. Um, I also went to the Amex Trade Night Market at Ajax Tavern and a lunch with Comal Heritage Food Incubator, as who did the food, and that was at um, Heron Park, and both were delicious and wonderful events, and Of course, I also had some meals of my own, and I was invited to a lovely media breakfast at the Little Nell, and I have some Little Nell interviews coming up. So as I said, it was busy. I was not joking about that. And unexpectedly, but actually not completely surprising, um, I saw a bear, (laughs) a real live bear, and so did a bunch of us. When we were coming down the mountain from the top of the mountain party, uh, right where the gondola, where the gondola exits, I guess you'd say, the bottom of the gondola, um, there's a plaza. It's, it's very much the center of Aspen town. And there was a big bear walking through. Somebody yelled bear and we all started walking back. We were going down the steps. We started going back up and I pulled out my video camera on my phone and shot a video of it and posted it on Instagram. And 
the next day everyone was checking it out because um, I'm the person that instead of moving away, um, I moved away a little bit, but I also took a video of it because it was a moment. And the bear, he was walking away from us. So I... I felt, I felt okay about my decision and, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Um, cause it was really was like the center of town where you pass through a lot and, um, it was about 10 o'clock at night. So anyways, um, that, that's a little bit of a, of a summary of things that happened, uh, over the, the weekend and, Coming up, I have five interviews from the festival, and then later in the show, I have a special HRN on tour episode that I did uh, with a co-host in Aspen, and I'm going to air that for you. So for the first part of the show, uh, here's who I spoke with, and I may or may have not asked them my favorite new ice cream question, which I started asking at the James Beard Awards, so you'll have to see. Okay, so first up, I have Bobby Stuckey. He's a master sommelier and the co-founder of Frasca Hospitality Group, which includes Frasca Food and Wine, Pizzeria Locale, Scarpetta Wine Company, and they are all based in Colorado. And he's also a co-founder of the Independent Restaurant Coalition. Next, I spoke with Adrian. Cheatham. She is a New York City-based chef who competed on season 15 of Top Chef, making it to the finale and finishing second. Not bad, not bad at all. And she is the founder of Sunday Best, a pop-up series held in various locations around Harlem and recently published her first cookbook, also titled Sunday Best. And that was from Clark Clarkson Potter. Next, I have Yannick Benjamin. He is a New York City-based sommelier. He's the co-founder of Contento Restaurant in East Harlem, which opened in 2021. He is also a co-founder and director of development for Wine on Wheels, an organization that helps recently disabled people. Yannick has been recognized as the sommelier and wine director of the year by Wine Enthusiasts Wine Star Awards for 2021 and a food and wine game changer, which we talked about a bit in the interview. Next, I have Wita Michael. She's an eight-time James Beard Foundation Award nominee, including nominations for Outstanding Restaurateur and Best Chef Southeast. She lives in Midway, Kentucky, where she oversees her newest venture, Holly Hill, a lifestyle brand that celebrates farmers and agriculture, culinary traditions, old and new, chefs, and local talent. And she is also the host of the new video series, Up Home with Wita Michael. And finally, I have Rachel Leggett Draper and Colton Black of the Little Nell in Aspen. Rachel is a sommelier and Colton is the bar manager. And the Little Nell is the only five-star, five-diamond Aspen hotel with ski-in, ski-out access to Aspen Mountain. The Little Nell is also the home of Ajax Tavern, which is a very popular restaurant to go to while you're in town. And I went back, I, I usually go every time, um, but I went back 
uh, a couple days earlier because uh, I wanted to have their signature Ajax Wagyu double burger and truffle fries, which I've had once before, and it's so delicious. It's very indulgent, but very much worth it. And I realized in our interview, we really didn't talk about this, but I, I wanted to mention it because it was quite, quite delicious. And uh, all the food there is wonderful, but it's reason reason enough to go to Ajax. And I had talked about my solo experience on episode 111, uh, which was my first on the road coverage from the classic in 2016. So anyone who's interested can go back and listen to that. Okay. So there you go. Those are the five interviews coming up. Uh, right after we're going to go straight to break and then we will come back and I will tell you more about the HRN on tour segment that you will be listening to. Plus I will have my solo dining experience that comes from Aspen. Uh, so here you go. I hope you enjoy. Okay. Well, hello, Bobby Stuckey. Hello, Sherry. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm wonderful. So we're here at the Aspen Food and Wine Classic. How many classics have you come to? Well, I, I, my, well, I originally worked at them as a sommelier at the Little Nell, so this would be my 27th. Oh, wow. Really? 27. If you include being a sommelier at the Nell and then back as a speaker, yes. I include it. I think this is my eighth. So how has it changed over the years? It's changed a lot. I mean, it's still, to me, in my humble opinion, nothing against other food and wine uh, wine events or food events around the country. It is the granddaddy. Uh, there's so much, or grand whatever, grand person of it, and it's, it's just great. I mean, everything, it's, it's the center of the universe for food and wine this weekend, and it's always been that way. I think how it's changed over the years is um, I think we get so many different types of speakers that maybe we didn't. It's a lot broader group, and I think it's really exciting. Yeah, so what's your involvement this year? So I'm doing, uh, well, I just did the, I just finished up the Amex trade uh, panel, and then uh, this afternoon I'll be doing a panel on um, the super iconic whites of Italy. I'll do that again tomorrow, and then Sunday morning I'll do one on... uh, the legendary Pinot Noirs of Oregon and California. Amazing. I mean, I am so due to get to your restaurant, Frosca. Yeah. It's officially Frosca Food and Wine? Yes. Okay. Um, but I know you amazingly from coming to all these events and being in the circuit. So how much are events, I guess, a part of what you do? You know, they're not that much. I've really scaled them down over the years. Um, I really try to be very selective of the events I go to. Because I like being on the floor of my restaurants with my teams. So, like, this is a prime example. This week, I was very honored to be able to uh, present an award at the Beard Awards. Came back, and then we had this. So that's not a normal week, and I I would – that's a lot for me. But uh, I try to be very selective. Maybe every couple months I'll say yes to an event. Yes, it was a lot for me too, back-to-back events. But worth it, worth it. Just one more question with, because it's 2022, we're just coming off or we're kind of still the tail end of this pandemic. How has it been for you the past couple of years? You know, um, thank God my wife right there loves the gray hair I got from COVID um, because I got a lot of it in the last 24 months. But, uh, you know, it's been a journey, but I think I'm a positive person. And while it's been ravaging to our industry, hopefully we can rebuild our industry in a better way. And maybe there's going to be a positive from it. Yeah, so are you going with Silver Fox? 
No, I can't say that. <laughs> I could say it. And, um, well, in the way, wife is present, so it's yeah, okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, okay, final fun question, which I was asking people at the Beard Awards, too. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Well, uh, that's a loaded question with me because it's very known. Cl- the original Klondike bar. Because my dad brings one to me whenever we have a busy night at Frosca. I love it. And you just told a story about it, too. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. And tell If we're eating gelato in Italy. Yeah. Well, Klondike, that's my first one I've I've gotten so far in this this questionnaire that I'm doing. So, cool. Thank you so much. So nice to see you always. Awesome. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hello, Adrian Cheatham. Hello, Sherry Beyer. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. So we're here at the Aspen Food and Wine Classic. Have you, have you been to this festival before? I've been once before when I was working for, I think it was Marcus Samuelson at the time, so I'm used to setting up for other people. This is the first time that I'm a featured chef here. So it's almost like my first time in Aspen. What are the different events you're doing? I did a food table at the welcome event, the Bravo welcome event here at the Hotel Jerome, and then a book signing today at the Big Tent with food and wine. Amazing. What's your book? My book is Sunday Best, and it just came out in April, so it's a baby. My baby is a baby, but it's brand new, and I'm just doing everything I can to promote and have fun. Congratulations. Very exciting. So tell my listeners a little bit about your background. And I know you're on Top Chef season 15 and you were the runner up after it was, that was the season that Joe Flam won. Okay. Um, you were amazing. I loved watching you. So talk a little about what led you up to doing Top Chef. I hadn't intended on doing television. I kind of came up, you know, years ago in restaurants where it was like, You either do television or you do restaurants. And restaurant chefs were kind of like looked down on for turning to television. But then the time started changing. And I was, I never really agreed with that theory or that mindset. And then I got the phone call to see if I would be interested in doing it. So I had just left. um, I was exec suit at La Bernadette. I left there to work for Marcus Samuelson. And when I left Marcus, I was like, why not? Why not try something new? I've done restaurants for like 14 years. Why not try the other side of it? Well, first of all, those are two amazing chefs to have been wor- yes. working for in restaurants as experience. So, so what was your experience like on Top Chef? Was it what you expected? It was intense. It was not like I expected. I literally had no expectation because I had not watched the show before I went to do it. Oh, wow. Yep. Shame on me. I should have done my homework. But I was like, oh, I've been in restaurants for years. I know how to cook. You know, I'll figure it out when I get there. And I got there. I was like, holy shit, I should have watched the show. (laughs) Well, you did incredible. And since the show, what have you been up to? Since the show, I started my pop-up series called Sunday Best and recently wrote the cookbook um, and doing book tours, pop-ups, collab dinners. That's pretty much the, the bulk of what I do now. Do you want to open a restaurant? I've thought about it. It's still like I go back and forth on it. It depends on what day you ask me. The answer is usually 60% yes, 40% no. But that 60 is enough to push you to do it. If you've grown up in restaurants and you're used to that environment like, like I am, I miss it. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Well, whatever you do, I look forward to 
watching along, hopefully having some of your delicious food. Your food yesterday at the reception was fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to do something a little heavier because, you know, I knew that some people were doing lighter food. And I wanted something like sweet and salty, but like just homey and comforting because people are at altitude and you need to pad your stomach with food and you need to stay hydrated. So why not give somebody like a little comforting bite of like fried chicken on a donut bun? It was fantastic. I loved it. So final question is my fun question. What's your favorite ice cream? Oh, tough question. But my favorite ice cream of all time has been gold medal ribbon. It's a flavor from Baskin Robbins that I grew up eating. It's like vanilla and chocolate, and it has a soft caramel ribbon in it that no matter how cold the ice cream is, it's always like deliciously gooey. It's like my favorite. I'm getting so many ideas and flavors and Baskin Robbins I haven't had in forever. No, it's not. Like, there's so many amazing ice cream places to go to now that it's rare for me to even go to Baskin Robbins, but when I, like, really want that, there's nothing else that I've ever found that can replace gold medal ribbon from Baskin Robbins. Well, I'm putting together my list. I'm getting so many awesome tips from from chefs and people at this festival. And I was asking this question at the James Beard Awards, too, which I saw you at. Did you have a good time? I had a blast. I grew up in Chicago, so that's the hometown. And I had an absolute blast there. It was great. This great weekend rolling into another great weekend. So so congratulations on everything you've accomplished. And I wish you much continued success. And... um, Always great to see you. Thank you, Sherry. It's always such a blast to see you and hang out with you. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, hello, Yannick Benjamin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It's great to see you. It's wonderful to see you, too. I mean, you're from New York City as well, and here we are in Aspen. So what brings you out here this year? Well, the people, the organizers of the Aspen Food and Wine Festival were kind enough to invite me to speak. So I'm doing a a seminar on wines of Spain and tapas. And then one I just finished right now, doing one about the future of uh, restaurants, the sustainability of restaurants. Um, How can we change the culture in restaurants? So it was a very interesting uh, conversation to be a part of and one that I actually very much enjoyed. I was just there for it. It was a fantastic discussion. So for people who aren't as familiar with you, you're a sommelier and you're also a restaurateur. You want to talk a little bit about Contento and why it's different than other restaurants and why you're being recognized for that too? Well, uh, thank you for your question. Contento Restaurant is located in East Harlem on 88 East 111th Street between Park and Madison. We opened on June 10th, uh, 2021. Um, so we just had our one-year anniversary. But I think what really sets us apart is, one, the food is absolutely delicious. It's uh, The executive chef is Oscar Lorenzi. It's Peruvian-based food. Um, but the restaurant itself, the ambiance really has this really fun kind of bistro kind of feel to it. My background is French, so that was really kind of important. But um, the, mo- the most important aspect is that we, we really have incorporated a culture of being barrier-free. And what I mean by that is that a lot of our clientele um, they, that comes to Contento have a disability. And they come there because they know they're going to be treated with dignity and respect. They also know that they can eat and drink at the bar because we have a lower counter uh, bar, which is great for people because most people, if you're a full-time wheelchair user, just like me, it's very challenging to go eat or drink at a bar because it's usually higher. 
So things like that, adaptive flatware, having the menus in Braille, having a QR code for people in the low vision and blind community, really just incorporating you know, openness and really making people feel special. And we do have people that have disabilities that also work at Contento, including myself. Amazing. I have to get up there. I feel, yes. I feel a little guilty I haven't been yet, but it's, I'm coming soon, definitely. Yeah. I mean, everything that you're doing is, just sounds so wonderful. And in the panel before, someone asked, are you going to be consulting or helping restaurants a bit, or, uh, offering that as a service of what they can do to be more, more welcoming to different types of people? And, and you are, you said. Absolutely. Again, I don't want Content to be, to be the only one that, that's doing this. And what, what, what are we doing? We're bringing people from the deaf and hard of hearing community, and they're doing webinars on how to properly communicate with people with disabilities. Um, people from the blind and low vision community, has, they've done seminars too as well with their staff, and then myself. And these are things that I want to incorporate in other restaurants. So it's not just for Contento, but I hope everyone copies that model. That's what I want because that's, that's the only winning fo- formula. So I, I certainly want to do it. It's going to require a lot of work, but I think it's going to be really wor- well worth it at the end of the day. It's amazing. And I saw Food & Wine magazine recognized you as a game changer. So congratulations. And on your one-year anniversary, those are both um, things to celebrate. Uh, certainly, I'm humbled um, that to be recognized by such a great um, magazine like Food and Wine. But I also recognize that I'm here today because I'm supported by so many amazing human beings. No one does it alone. It's definitely a team effort, and I'm completely blessed. I'm really lucky, and that same luck and and help that's been given to me, I just want to give it back to others that don't have the same good fortune as I do. And that's all I want to do. That's, that's it. That, that, that's very simple. Because I don't want to hold on to my resources because what's the point? I mean, I think the point of life is to share. Yeah, I love it. What's the nonprofit that you have? You want to talk a little bit about that? Um, so Wine on Wheels is a 501c3. Um, we've been on hiatus a little bit because of content of the restaurant. It's been very busy, along with a, a couple of other um, consulting jobs that I've been doing. But I'm really looking forward to getting it back up and running this summer. And really, what's, what, what are we going to do? We're going to have educational classes for people with disabilities. They're going to, we're going to use spaces like the Access Project, like Contento. They're going to come there to learn about food, to learn about wine, to learn about beverages, to learn about the hospitality industry. And hopefully we're going to get them to get interested. And if they do, then I can start reaching out to big restaurateurs and say, hey, I've got people that want to maybe at least do a paid internship to get an insight on what this business is all about. And that's really the objective of what Wine on Wheels will be all about. It's amazing. Uh, what do you have on the schedule now for Aspen? What, what are you doing for fun? Any good dinners? Yeah, yeah. tonight there's a great dinner, um, and I forgot the name. It's, I think it's called Monochrome, if I'm not mistaken, and it's going to be a five-course tasting menu. I was invited by Eric Siegelbaum, who was Food & Wine's best, um, best sommelier uh, of the year a few years ago. Um, he actually lives in Colorado, so he's going to be hosting it, so I'm really excited about that. And so and then tomorrow morning I have a a seminar that I'm a part of that's going to be about uh, tapas and Spanish wine pairing. Awesome. Okay, my final question, my fun question is, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh, pistachio, no doubt about it. I love pistachio. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for sure. Pistachio. I've been asking people here and at the James Beard Awards, too. I think you're my first pistachio, so there you go. I love it. Pistachio is unbelievable. Yeah, no, don't get me started. 
All right, cool. Well, it's so great to see you. I can't wait to see you back in New York City at Contento, and congratulations on everything. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. Hello, Lita Michael. We are here at the Food & Wine Classic in Aspen. It's so nice to meet you. It's wonderful to meet you. Thank you for having me. It's fabulous. Yeah, well... We just finished up the trade panel that you were on. Do you want to tell us a little about that? Well, that was a panel that was um, moderated by Kat Kinsman, and it was all about sustainability in the restaurant industry. Um, And we took maybe a different take on sustainability. Uh, Kat made a joke about it not being about straws. So it was really about, I think, personal sustainability, Um, not just from an individual basis, but how you create companies that are great working environments and help people who are involved in the restaurant and food business uh, have wonderful lives and a high quality, high standard of living. Yeah, it was a really it was a really great talk. So you're based in Kentucky. Yes, I have a group of eight restaurants in central Kentucky, um, the oldest of which is called the Holly Hill Inn in a little town called Midway. Kentucky, and it sits on 10 acres, and my husband and I run the restaurant, and we live next door in an old log cabin, so I'm a very lucky person. I have a beautiful bucolic setting in which to live and work. Well, I've never been to Kentucky, and I have, I keep listening to you and hearing about your restaurants, I'm like, I need to get down there, good excuses to visit, but you've been, you've been there your entire life or career? Yes, well, I grew up in Lexington, and um, I went to the University of Kentucky, and then I moved to New York City and uh, eventually attended the Culinary Institute of America. But I've been back in Kentucky since 1993, and Chris and I have been in the business owning and operating our own businesses for the last 20 years. So I'm, I'm a little long in the tooth. I've been in the business about 34 years, and um, yeah, but I feel really lucky, really blessed to have what we have. Yeah, and you went to the CIA. I mean, that's, that always, whenever people say that to me, that they went there, I'm always like, wow, that's amazing. That's incredible um, experience. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing school, and it's beautiful to sit on the banks of the Hudson River. I remember when I was, I mean, this was in the late 80s that I went, and sitting in my dorm room watching the Hudson River flow both ways is quite an experience. It goes both north and south because of the pull of the tides. Um, but yeah, you need to come visit us in Kentucky and come to the Bourbon Trail and see horse country. It's really beautiful. The city girl really does. I, I mean, I'm serious about it. I really have to get down there. So is this your first time coming to Aspen for the Classic? Yes. I, you know, my parents are originally from Wyoming. So when I was a child, I used to spend summers in Wyoming. So I'm familiar with this kind of environment, but I'd never been to Aspen, Colorado. And this is so, I'm having so much fun. I'm tasting so much wine. But I have to drink a gallon of water at this altitude for every, like, half glass of wine I drink. Yes, yes, must stay hydrated here. Yeah. But, yeah, I love I love coming here. It's just as soon as you get off the plane, it's so beautiful. I always call it one of my happy places. So what are you looking forward to the rest of your time here? Well, um, later today we're going to go have an authentic lunch, I think, with uh, Venezuelan and Mexican recipes, and I'm very interested in in tasting that. And then there's a wine tasting that we're going to go to between Red Burgundy and Barolo, which I think is going to be fascinating. Had a fascinating wine tasting yesterday on the wines of Corsica, led by two young guys out of Charleston, South Carolina. Really, really great tasting. And then we'll meander through the tents and see a few friends and have some fun and see what the day brings us. 
Well, wonderful. It's so great to meet you. My final question, my fun question I've been asking everyone is, what's your favorite ice cream? Oh, I think my favorite ice cream is Crank and Boom ice cream from my hometown in Lexington, Kentucky, and it's bourbon honey. Wait, the company's called Crank and Boom? Crank and Boom. <laughs> Crank and Boom ice cream, and they're a local company, and they're, my number one flavor of theirs is bourbon honey ice cream. It's delicious. Wow, it sounds delicious, and... Um, I love this question because I've learned so much about ice cream that I need to have immediately. <laughs> but thank you so much. Congratulations on, on everything you've accomplished and being here in Aspen. It's really wonderful to meet you and enjoy the rest of your time. Thank you so much. And you too. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Hi, I'm here at The Little Now and I'm here with two lovely people. Can you please tell me your names and your titles? My name is Rachel Lickett-Draper, and I'm one of the sommeliers here. And I'm Colton Black, and I'm the bar manager here for the hotel. And how long have you both been at The Little Nell and working together? So this is my first year at The Little Nell, and Colton's been here longer, so my entire history has been with Colton. <laughs> uh, I started uh, last May, so working on just over a year now. Awesome. And so Rachel's work in the wine program. You want to tell us a little bit about what you have here at the Little Nell, because actually somebody mentioned to me that maybe I should get a little tour of the cellar. <laughs> I heard it's quite incredible. Yeah, we have quite an extensive wine program. Uh, we have about 2,000 lists, uh, names on our list, and about 20,000 bottles right now. Uh, the cellar is quite beautiful. We have a little bit of wine hidden about the whole property, but we love to host people down there. It's uh, quite nice. So it's, it's a team of four with uh, our wine director, Chris Dunaway. Very nice. And I was just in Chicago for the James Beard Awards, and I believe you were there too? Yep. Our uh, whole wine team, all four of us, were able to go, and then some key players in the hotel as well. So we were all out there for the weekend, a couple days off before the Food and Wine Festival. Yes, you were nominated or a finalist for Outstanding Wine Program? Yep, we were. So, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, I just have to say that's incredible. And I think being there, I was doing some red carpet interviews. And I think to be there and to be on the list and to be a part of it, what did it mean to you to, to be a finalist? Yeah, I mean, it's such an honor to even be nominated in the first round, let alone getting all the way to Chicago. Um, but for me, it's really humbling and to meet the other wine programs, especially. And not only is the red carpet just uh, cluttered with incredible people and, you know, mentors and whatnot and, you know, celebrities and people we've always looked up to. But it's uh, it's quite cool to see, you know, the people that are your competition. There's also a lot to learn from. And uh, and, you know, even if you don't take home the award, you know, you there's a lot to be learned from the people that are victorious. And it's very humbling and it's exciting to see what people are doing. Yeah, congratulations, really. I think it's it's awesome. So, Colton, what does your role entail here with being in charge of the bar program, or the bar manager? So a big thing uh, that we try to do is represent integrity of the hotel as well as just being a kind of like a beacon and shining star for uh, for beverage programs. So meaning that we're looking at producers, uh, whether it's spirits, amaros, beer, etc., that really embody what we believe in um, and what we think should be uh, duplicated and hopefully what we want to support and uh, show other people to support. Smaller producers that do things with a high sense of quality, uh, family-owned things. 
just the the importance is more on quality uh, over the ability to kind of mass produce as well as a, a, a story behind it. I think one thing that's amazing about the Nell is the wine program has this lovely leadership of doing the same thing. People look from all over the world for at our wine list and our buy the glass program uh, for examples of what should what would what should we do? What are good ideas? How should we represent ourselves as well? And so under that leadership and that culture that they've started, that's the goal of the, of the cocktail program as well is to put out the idea of this is what we think is should be duplicated in the world. This is what we want to support. And uh, so we chose a very special way of doing that. Uh, my colleague Andy Zarita is unbelievably talented uh, mixologist. I, I mean, one of the most I've ever worked with in my entire life. He's phenomenal. And we did uh, Zodiac cocktails, something I think with drinks are, how do I get someone to, to want to, to buy one? And so we make the emotional connection. So you'll see your Zodiac sign uh, on our cocktail list. And the, the best part about it is like you get to connect and have a conversation. And I think that's the best part about having a glass of wine or a cocktail is it's the beginning of a conversation and it becomes this moniker of a memory. And so you remember, oh, I'm an Aries. So I had this special cocktail at this time at the Little Nell. And that's the type of uh, idea and the kind of presence that we're trying to embody here. I love it. I'm Pisces. I really want to get one. I was thinking... Also, though, I don't drink alcohol, so I'm wondering if you have a non-alcoholic version of it. And also, I've been seeing a lot of movement in the non-alcoholic space with zero-proof cocktails being added to a lot of bar programs. Is that something that you are doing here or interested in doing? Or what's your, what's your whole take? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we have uh, quite a few non-alcoholic cocktails on our list. Uh, funny mentioning, Pisces is one of them. Uh, I'm a Pisces as well. <laughs> we got three Pisces in the house. Awesome. Um, and the thought process, uh, but just from all of them, one of them I kind of put it in there is because uh, that cocktail works with a multitude of different spirits. And uh, so it, I think it lends itself better to being non-alcoholic, a little more flexible. And like that's how, but that's how we kind of uh, have found is everything is built on kind of the premise on an idea as opposed to just a structure. And this is how we should get it done. And that's why I think all these are starting to work. But we do, especially also the wine program has a lot of uh, non-alcoholic options that we're putting in there. Different beers. We have uh, these different uh, non like different cocktails as well uh, because it's the it's the craft that matters, not so much the the spirit that is there. So cool that we are all Pisces. I love it. So we're here at the Food and Wine Classic. I come into town. This is my eighth one. And uh, this is, I just think it's always, you know, the tents are up and uh, it's always sunny and beautiful. And actually last night, though, I did see a bear. If you go to Instagram, I saw a bear near here and I ended up here. Um, well, I was hanging out here last night and I feel like your hotel not I feel like it is basically a very central point of this this festival so how do you manage all the people coming into town and how does it change like what you're doing and and your involvement also with the whole weekend well you know it's kind of amazing because 
we're very fortunate that almost anyone who comes here makes a turn through the Little Nell, uh, whether or not they come back every evening or we see them at least some point for a dinner reservation or a visit to the cellar. Um, so not only are we at the bottom of the gondola and you know nestled into the heart of the mountain, but it's quite cool because you're just having these collisions of worlds, whether it be famous bartenders or master sommeliers. Um, most people are breaking bread together or at least enjoying champagne. Uh, you know, the late night scene is wonderful. And there's not much that can prepare you for the volume. Uh, it's kind of just like grin and bear it and just be excited and excited to see these amazing people, whether or not be mentors or people you've looked up to or read books from. Uh, sometimes you don't even know who you're serving until someone tells you later. But it's just uh, it's moving as fast as possible. It's a lot of teamwork. It's a lot of helping each other in each other's fields for sure. So we work pretty closely together, especially these late nights. You know, I'm in his I'm in his bar as much as he's helping open wine. So that's pretty spectacular. It's a lot of fun. Well, how how big is your team, all of you working together? And and you can also add to that too, Colton. Um, so as far as the team, we have uh, the four sommeliers, um, as well as we have uh, another four supervisors on the uh, working throughout the floor every evening, kind of helping with the process. Uh, and like Rachel was saying, too, there's nothing that can prepare you for it. Uh, but the magic, I think, that happens, too, is what uh, is the camaraderie of it all. Uh, come 1.30, 2 o'clock at night, uh, after working hard all day, you'd expect people to be tired, kind of like sulking, but instead people are laughing and cheersing glasses and having fun and helping each other. And it's kind of this wonderful coming together of everything. It's, it's kind of the culmination of everything we work towards. It's like the hard work, uh, the, these wonderful people who we read about, who we studied, who we idolized, who we don't know what they look like until someone tells us. Uh, and it, it is this, this beautiful union of all of that uh, that really makes this time of year so special and so special right here. I've always loved name tags at events. Luckily, a lot of us wear our our uh, our paths, so you can kind of figure out who we are. But um, yeah, it must be incredible because, as as you said, like it is, everyone's passing through at some point. And I was here yesterday morning for a lovely breakfast on your patio. It was delicious, and this the property. I mean, for anyone who hasn't been here, it's just it's a it's a really beautiful property. So I would assume it's a nice place to work. <laughs> Uh, so my final question is a fun one. I'm just asking people, what's your favorite ice cream? You know, it's funny because I actually, so um, so Colton and I actually live together. Um, we're roommates, which is quite fun because you have the wine world uh, meets the bar program. And uh so I woke up, I was the first one awake, and we we're also housing another sommelier that was staging with us this weekend. So it's a big, you know, group of people that have been surviving the weekend. And I was the first one to wake up, and uh, and I ate ice cream for breakfast as a recuperative measure. And it was the Ben & Jerry's, like, everything but the... It was, like, the most intense and dirty and, like, hedonistic ice cream possible. And I had that at uh, 9 a.m., trying to gear up today and just, like nourish myself back on the couch before he was up, even up for coffee. I'm just thinking I just want to be your friend. I mean, yes, yes, I love that. As you should have ice cream for breakfast. And yes, fantastic. Uh, so I spent a lot of time uh, in Nashville, both uh, growing up and professionally. And my absolute favorite is Ginny's ice cream. Uh, it started there locally. And they make this coffee ice cream with intelligentsia from Chicago, which is a famous like uh, roaster, which is where I was born and grew up the other half of my life. And so it's kind of, it, it 
works because it's the meeting of the two worlds, but also it's the most delicious, wonderful ice cream there ever is. So if anyone ever sees Jenny's, you should just taste whatever flavor is there because it's phenomenal. Yes, whenever I see Jenny's when I'm traveling, I do I do go for it. Actually, I'm trying to think the last time I had it. I've had it in Washington, D.C., I live in New York City, and we, I mean, we, it's sold in the grocery store, but um, we don't have a location. So, Jenny, if you're listening, come to New York and come to Aspen. Come to Aspen. Um, awesome. Well, it's so nice chatting with you. Thank you for being what I will call the social headquarters of, of the classic. And um, it's really great to meet you and be here, and much continued success. Thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant from French to Pan-Asian to American. And that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and their rarest natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com. Hi, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. HRN is dedicated to amplifying voices from all across our food system. Today, I'm asking listeners to take part in our summer membership drive by helping sustain our mission to expand the way eaters think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, you can receive some great HRN swag, including the HRN cap, wine carrier, or a special spice set from Burlap and Barrel. By becoming a member, you'll play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer, and this is my special on-the-road show on the 2022 Food and Wine Classic in Aspen. So I hope you liked my interviews on the first part of the show. Thanks so much to everyone who joined me. I greatly enjoyed chatting with all of you. Now up. So during the festival, I joined forces with a fellow Heritage Radio host, Christine Sykes-Lowe, to co-host a special HRN on-tour show where we caught up with the Nashville-based power duo behind Morph Hospitality Group, Manit Chahan and her husband, Vivek Diora. Now, Manit is a chef, author, TV personality, and her company's founding partner and president, and Vivek is her partner and CEO. Regular listeners of the show may recall that I've had Manit on this podcast before, that's episode 271, and she's also a part of my 
James Beard Awards show for 2022, which aired last week. Okay, so this, though, was my first time interviewing Vivek and both of them together, and they are just such a delight. They are funny, they're personable, they have amazing chemistry together, and they've built this awesome company, and they show no signs of slowing down. So Christine and I had a really great chat with them, and very excited to share with you this show, which is our edition of HRN on tour. Here you go. Welcome. Thank you very much for having us. <laughs> Delighted to be here. Thank you. So excited to be talking with you. Likewise. So um, I believe, Sherry, you ran into them at James Beard. This was the most recent. I have a major case of FOMO from not being there. So what, what happened at James Beard? And tell us a little bit about your experience there. Well, no FOMO. There's always next year. <laughs> uh, yes, we've had a we've had quite a week because we were in Chicago for the James Beard Foundation Awards, and I was doing some red carpet interviews and attending lots of events, and ran into lovely Manit several times. But what you you were a presenter, correct? I was. Which award did you present? So I presented uh, the best chefs southeast and northeast. Amazing. And who it, won that it category? Was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I mean, you can feel it, right? That camaraderie, that togetherness, the fact that all of us are supporting each other, rooting for each, uh, each other was absolutely amazing. It's just infectious. And that's the feeling that we get over here, right? Yeah, here in Aspen at the Food and Wine, it's it's uh, what an experience and what an extraordinary experience this year. And each year gets better than the previous one, so the benchmark gets set higher and higher. And of course, Manit getting together with the DJ last night was an absolute hoot. I don't know what he's talking about. Well, all I know is I agree with you, though, with the energy and the excitement and just all of us being together about it. Basically, it pretty much rolled. Or, or started in Chicago and like rolled into the mountains of Aspen and it's just wonderful to be here together. It's amazing. It just feels like all of us from Chicago got on the same flight and just landed up over here and that was it. We're like, we just saw you, did we? So it was amazing. Yes, and just changed attire a little bit some from some formal gala dresses into a little more casual, casual uh, mountain wear, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Hip, absolutely. Hip, hip, for sure. So tell us about what your involvement is this year at Aspen, what the kind of programming you're involved in. I think this year was a year that um, I said yes to everything, which is pretty much my problem. So, uh, you know, from the welcome party to the, you know, to the photo shoot, to demos, to panels. Uh, tonight, um, I, I am doing a show with... Kwame, I have no idea what to expect, but it's going to be fun. Uh, tomorrow morning, we are going um, uh, fly fishing with Yeti. So, so excited about that. So, yeah, there's so much. Yeah, so much going on. Actually, we've never been fly fishing before. So, this is our first time. I, I think we spoke earlier. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and I am a fly fisherwoman. Oh. So, yes, I don't do it as often as some of my uh, other folks do it, but I do get out there in my waders, and it's actually really peaceful and lovely. You, you might get hooked. I don't know. 
that that's what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, that's what we've heard. We will see how it goes tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, it's very I, serene. There's there's one suitcase full of just fly fishing gear that uh, it's a lot of gear. It's yeah. I mean, Getty's providing a lot of that for us. It's just clothing, mostly Manit and the shoes and whatnot. But there's an extra suitcase. You have it's to promise to. <laughs> I dragged it. You have more shoes than I do. Excuse me. Oh, well, we'll have to have Christine and Sherry come over and be the judges and decide who has more pairs of shoes. Please do! Oh, my God, when I was talking, you stole the mic away from me. Oh, I love this. See, to, to the listeners of HRN, this is the joy of being the husband of a woman who works with a knife for a living. Just sharing it out there. Make sure when to shut up and make sure, learn when to listen. All no, 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 take the mic away now from all, me. Please. All I know, all I, know I, want a, I want a photo of you in the gear. Promise to send that oh, to me. Oh, it'll be all over social media. Okay. I'm not sure. I am not shy about that. The darker I look, the, the more the presence of that photographs makes on social media. <laughs> he's, 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 he's speechless. He's like, I never look darky. Excuse me. I'm Mr. Suave. <laughs> So tell, tell the listeners about your restaurant concepts. I mean, I want to go through all of them from the beginning to your relocation to Nashville, how they all came about. So in case they haven't visited, they can get an idea of what they have in store for them. This is a story. Okay, so, so I think the listeners need to get themselves a nice cheese board or a charcuterie board. <laughs> get, pour, pour themselves a, a, a nice glass of wine, red, white, rosé, and... Stop looking at the clock and listen to this story because now Manit and I, who are fond of talking, Manit so much more than I. But now, um, well, the, the move to Nashville, we'll talk about that maybe when the time is right. But when we, we opened our first restaurant called Chauhan Elan Masala House in Nashville in 2014, and it was surreal. It was um, what a story because our son was born three months early on the day of the opening of the restaurant. And um, he was born at 4 in the morning and 5 in the evening of the same day. 18th of November, 2014, we opened doors to the restaurant. So that's a story. We, we say we had twins that day, um, which really was, yeah. Um, and then um, it was never a part of us together being in Nashville. It just happened very organically. And... Um, um, you know, we because our son was born early, he was in the NICU for um, three months, and that gave us an opportunity to just live in Nashville, see the people, meet the people, uh, see the city and the state of Tennessee, and we fell in love. And if he came in time to say he's a Tennessean, then who are we to stop that from happening? You know, on a on a just uh, just an organic journey, for lack of a better term. So that's how we opened the first restaurant. On to the second one, Manit, you want to share that? Um, you know, once, and we named our son Karma because he was born with, you know, his own karma. And um, when we decided that we were going to wrap up our house in New York and move over here, we decided that we are going to make the best of the situation. Um, at that time, we were thinking that we wanted to live in New York because that was the food mecca of the world. And we had already arrived. 
but moving to Nashville was a great, um, it was a great move. Karma made us do it. But once we were there in Nashville, we were like, now we're going to make the best of it. So we started looking at what the holes in the culinary tapestry in Nashville were. People would come and tell us, they're like, Chinese. Like, we would love an upscale Chinese restaurant. So we went ahead and opened Tansel. Uh, there was this beautiful space that we had. And we were like, um, uh, that's how we opened Mockingbird. And Mockingbird, we had our partners, uh, operating partners, who we knew since 2000. Oh, you've already reached Mockingbird? Oh, yeah. Only oh, Mockingbird, okay. Yeah. So, no, I'm going to come back we to you. We only Chauhan. have half an hour. No, no, no. no, no it's okay. You have as much time no, as no, you want. No, no. The listeners are pouring, the, the listeners are pouring a second glass of wine over here. I can feel it. So, no, no, no. When we opened Chohan Island Masala House, on the third night of opening, I met a friend of, a friend who had met me in Shanghai. And Shanghai, China, Paris. Remember Paris? Thanks very much. Um, Sorry, I've just had too much wine today. Paris Sethi, uh, oh, friends yes. of Anoop. Um, so she met us and she told us, she, she was the first person who actually told us that there's no good Chinese restaurant in Nashville. She was a resident of Nashville who I had met in Shanghai, China many, many years ago. And that's how um, we realized there was P.F. Chang's, there was Mom and Pop, nothing against the Mom and Pops, nothing against P.F. Chang's, but there was no authentic, authentic Chinese restaurant. And uh, doing Peking Duck and things of that sort. And that's how we got inspired to do a, a Chinese restaurant a couple of years later. Now we're talking about Mockingbird. Is that correct? I, le- I left pace a little bit. Yeah. But you're, but you're in line with the, the order. I said yes. in order, and you're, you're yes. definitely in line with so that. Tanso, and then Mockingbird, and then uh, we, we came across this gorgeous space, and then we opened a street Indian restaurant called Chatable. And that is pretty much an ode to Vivek and my childhood. Because everything on the menu, I mean, the place is a sensory overload. It's colorful, it's beautiful. There are dishes that we grew up with and we wanted to show up. We wanted to show uh, Nashville. We wanted to show Nashville and America how different Indian food is from their perception of 895 all you can eat curries so these are these beautiful indian street foods delicious and addictive and yeah and that's chatable so what um you're you're a judge on uh food network and i basically am curious about the evolution of that and if you are going to parlay into anything else or i know you have two cookbooks under your belt are you planning on doing anything so it's really interesting the entire evolution of food network has been very organic Uh, i was um invited to compete on iron chef almost around 12 to 13 years ago and i went up against chef morimoto the og Uh, and i always love telling people i came a respectable second among two people it's better than saying you lost right from there they invited me to be uh um to compete on next iron chef then a guest judge on Chopped, and they liked my job, so a permanent judge on Chopped. So it's been, that relationship with Food Network has been going on for over 13 years right now. So wherever they ask me, it's 
it's fun. It's fun to put food and cooking on a national platform where young kids can see it and say that this is a really cool career for me to be a part of. Yeah. And there are some cool new shows coming out, which I have been instructed not to talk about. Okay. So it's under the radar right now. But you heard it first. There's something coming out. <laughs> there is. So how do you manage your time? Because you got you got all these restaurants, you're on TV, you have some books, uh, you're here now at the Food Wine Classic in Aspen. So yeah, what's I mean, how do you do it all? I I don't uh, I don't do it all. <laughs> yes, and, you do, and you and do it well. There is uh, there is this entire misconception, like people keep on saying, how do you balance? Balance is a word which doesn't uh, it doesn't exist in my vocabulary. I think really early on, I realized that I wanted to do all of this. And what was important for me was to be fair for everything that I committed to. So that means that whatever event I find myself in gets 150% of me. I don't care what happened yesterday. I do not care what will happen tomorrow. This moment has all of me. And that's how I operate. Yeah, being present. Yeah. Being present. That's it. It's amazing. Showing up and being present. And I, I, along with that, also maybe saying no to a few things here and there. I mean, just no. Sorry, what is this <laughs> word you talk about? I will be very candid. I have been sort of coaching Manit to prioritize and learn to be able to say no. It never hurts to say no because the cost that comes along with saying yes to just about everything and anything, I would say. It's it's a price that a lot of others around you pay, starting from you yourself. And I'm hoping that she's beginning to understand that part because you just can't... You can have a full schedule as long as it's meaningful for you and for others around you. Yeah, true words. Yes. And I still it, have not registered the words, but true words. We'll get there. We'll all get there, hopefully. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Do you have anything else, Sherry? Just uh, what, what, two things. One, here at Food and Wine at the Classic, all your different activities you're doing. Where are you running to next? What did you do this morning? Um, so this morning we did a really fun panel. There was um, uh, Chef Andrew, uh, Puala, um, um there was Amanda, there was Amanda Tiffany, there was Andrew Tiffany. Zimmern, yes. there was Paula, and there was Manit, and there was the moderator, and then there was me asking a lot of questions. <laughs> and basically, we, were, we wanted to show the guests what the inner workings of a restaurant are. So uh, we were talking about reviews, trying to keep a little bit of the fun aspect going on over there, but also showing the real aspect of what, the co- what it costs to run a business right? Why, why things cost what they do. So that was really fun. Tonight I am doing an event with Kwame. Uh, apparently it's, it's a comedy event. I have no idea. I'm going to show up and we'll figure it out and have a lot of fun because with him, that's what it is. It's always a party. (laughs) I mean, last night, last night, like we started a Bollywood party uh, on, you know, uh, the top of the mountain. So, um, you know what, just have fun. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, my final question is, because just I've been asking it uh, to everyone I've been talking to this past week as a little fun, silly question. What's your favorite ice cream? 
<laughs> I, I can answer that easily. It's vanilla. And she can tell you why. That's my favorite or yours favorite? Your favorite. Oh, okay. But what's your favorite? My favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream is probably strawberry. Or no, actually no, 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 no. Strawberry is our daughter's favorite. My favorite ice cream is um caramel with a uh, caramel ice cream with a lot of uh, praline in it. My favorite ice cream is vanilla. Because if you see me right now, you can see the amount of bling I have from my head to toe, right? No, And that's what vanilla silly. is all about. Vanilla is you have a really solid delicious base and then you add whatever accessories you want on top of it and you make it delicious so be it like hot chocolate fudge or caramelized pecans or whatever it is it's just like you can make vanilla ice cream your own you can put your own signature on it and that's why i love vanilla ice cream i love that okay yeah, what is yours oh mine I'm a chocolate gal. I mean, I was going, I was thinking old school going back to Rocky Road if I was going like old school flavors. But um, yeah, I, if, if the game is chocolate or vanilla, I go chocolate, even though vanilla I think is way more popular from, from my little survey. <laughs> And yours? Mine, I'm polarizing on mine. Mint chocolate chip. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, you either love mint. Or you do. Our daughter used to love it. Yes. I don't know where she is right now. It depends on the day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She, I think she still likes it. Yeah. She hoodwinked her uncles and aunts into buying, like, we would get back after, you know, work and we would open our freezer and there would be, you know, uh, chocolate chip mint in our fridge. And I'm like, what's going on over here? She's like, mommy. So, yeah. It's something to behold. Um, so how can people follow you, stay in touch on your happenings? So um, uh, at um, morphhospitality.com, that's where they'll get information about all our restaurants. Uh, personally, they can uh, connect with me and follow me on at Chirhan on uh, Instagram, which I'm most active on, Twitter and Facebook. And Vivek, he is? Uh, my Instagram is Diora underscore Vivek and you can follow us like for the restaurants morphhospitality.com for the breweries it's Hop Springs if they just look it up um, there's a beer park and three breweries over there and uh, we never talked about my Canada restaurant so we'll talk we'll, we'll leave that for later that'll be a, next time I see you guys which will be another time Pardon. yes Pardon. well that was fun Thank you so much to Manit and Vivek and Christine for sharing the mic with me. Great times in Aspen. Looking forward to many more in the future. So to wrap up this Aspen show, I'm going to share my solo dining experience. This week, it's at Kashkash. Here's the rundown. The location, 205 South Mill Street, Aspen, Colorado. The concept upscale French-American chic bistro. Their philosophy is based on consistent, heartfelt, authentic food and wine combined with a warm at atmosphere and friendly yet impeccable service. The owners, partner and GM Jody Lerner, the chef and partner Chris Lanter, and the chef de cuisine Cesar Vazquez. 
So why did I go? Well, this is a very popular place in Aspen. I had been once many years ago. I felt it was time to go back. So my experience. So I actually had a late reservation the night I went, which was Saturday, but I was hungry and ready to eat earlier. So I decided to go as a walk-in and I was able to get a nice high top in the bar area up front. They also had tables in the back dining room, which was a bit more formal, but I was, I was feeling the vibe in the bar area. So I had this high top that was near the windows and I had a lovely server. As I was there, the place started to get much busier, much louder. It's definitely a a, a, a hub or a hap, you know a place a lot of people at the event uh, go there for drinks and dinner. So um, it was happening, and I enjoyed my meal. What did I get? So I decided to go with pasta because they have some house made pastas, and I got the English peak crest di gallo which had English peas, sugar snap peas, pea shoots, house ricotta, tomato, and truffle essence. So it was seasonal and definitely green. (laughs) So uh, my take, it was a fantastic pasta. It was super fresh and perfectly cooked pasta. Really lovely combo. It was light, uh, and yet full of flavor, and I was very happy with my choice. And that's all I had. The ambiance. So, uh, as I said, there's a more formal, I guess, elegant-type dining room in the back with white tablecloths. Up front is a large bar that's, uh, it's a horseshoe-shaped, and uh, there's high tops going around. And the window I was at in the front, so this space is on a downstairs level of a little food court or restaurant court, I should say. It's not a food court. Um, there's a few restaurants in this area and uh, they're they're all next to each other. And there's a, in the middle is Alfresco Dining. Um, and so that's, that's where I was. And just side note, I ate at the restaurant next door, Campo di Fiore, the night before. And I had this wonderful dinner with Commander's Palace is Lolly Brennan and Chef Meg Bickford. And Meg's going to be coming up on my show in the fall, so stay tuned for that. And thanks to Mary Wagstaff for setting the whole thing up. And also in this restaurant plaza, I guess you'd call it, upstairs, there was a legendary bar and restaurant called Jimmy's that everyone used to always go to and hang out. And it closed in 2021 after a 24-year run. Uh, so missed that, but it was, you know, everything everything takes its course. So this meal was perfect for is perfect for dinner with friends or date night, I would say. Interesting tidbit. Uh Kash Kash originally opened in 1987. It's Smollier Alexander Harvey A, who He's from Paris, oversees the wine inventory of over over 6,000 bottles and a wine list of over 100 pages. It's quite something. Personal fun fact. So, earlier in the week, I had a little fun. I went paragliding for the second time in my life and the first time in Aspen, and it was absolutely spectacular. We went super high. We were up in the air for over a half hour, and... My tandem pilot, who 
took care of me, Gabor, thank you, Gabor, he told me he works part-time at this restaurant, Cash Cash, in the front of the house. Uh, he said he probably wasn't going to be there on Saturday, and he wasn't, but just uh, to tie to tie everything together, um, there you go. The cost of this meal was $45, not including tax or gratuity, and yes, that was just for the pasta. The Aspen is pretty pricey, um, to be expected, uh, I guess. Would I go back? Yes. And their website is cashcash.com and Instagram is cashcashaspen. And that's the show. So thank you all so much for tuning in to this special on the road episode from the 2022 Food and Wine Classic in Aspen. Thanks again to all of my interviewees. Wonderful to see you chat with you and just see so many people in Aspen. It was it was really, really a lovely, lovely weekend. Uh, thanks again to Christine Sykes-Low for, for sharing the mic with me again. And it was just magical. So I also want to thank and congratulate Dila and Devin and the Classics Amazing PR woman, Lori LaFray-Wells, and also May Selby at the Little Nell as well as Food and Wine's Editor-in-Chief Hunter Lewis, and he's been on the show, episode 212. I know I'm sharing a lot of episodes with you guys, but they've been on the show, and if you're interested to learn more about what they do, go back and listen. Um, it's there. It's in our archives. Um, also, thanks to the entire Food and Wine team, to Amex Trade, and to Sarah Abel, Philip Baltz, and all of the Baltz & Co. team. Okay, I'm already thinking about Aspen next year because it's going to be the 40th annual event, which is pretty, pretty special. So we'll see. We'll see if I'm back next year and share with you another on-the-road show. It would be a lot of fun. For more information, go to classic.foodandwine.com. Follow on social at foodandwine, hashtag FWClassic. Follow me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, and at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My other websites, BayerPublicRelations.com, SherryBayer.com, and AllInTheIndustry.com. All of our shows are archived at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Many thanks to my engineer today, Matt Patterson. This week, I'm giving Matt a last name. Matt Patterson, thank you. I'm your host and producer, Sherry Bayer. I will be back on Wednesday, August 10th with Dan Richer, chef and owner of Jersey City's Raza Pizza. Hope you'll tune in then. Stay safe and well. And thank you, as always, for being a part of All in the Industry. Bye. All in the Industry is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.